When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris and today's co-hosts, Steve and Sam. How's it going, hockey fans? Good morning, hockey fans. And you know us, we're just a goalie, a goon. Well, actually, not even a goalie and a goon. It'd be a go- two goalies. And you know what, Sam? You're going to be the goon. You cool with okay. that? <laughs> First time for everything, right? <laughs> hey, Sam, there you're is. silent enforcer. We would never expect it, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll talk a little trash if necessary, you know. You should. You're a Sharks fan. And oh, you know us. We don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans of the play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome special guest, a defender for Weber State University and previous captain of the USPHL's Ogden Mustangs, Jack Jones. Jack, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back. I heard you on uh, on Coach Tufto's Everything Junior Hockey podcast this, what was it, this January, February? Uh, How is it to uh, kind of reconnect with uh, Coach Tufto? Good, man. It's good. Like, I... uh my coach in high school uh for a year and he kind of helped me throughout juniors and getting connections and tryouts and stuff so it was good to connect to him I don't really see him too much now that I'm back out in Utah so it was good to talk to him yeah he was a we've had him on and he was he's he's a great character to talk to knows his hockey he's passionate about uh you know keeping the facts out there on the junior hockey world um so everyone listening definitely give a check out of uh, everything junior hockey on tiktok as well as his podcast. But Jack, you've been really busy the last year. You've you've had to leave junior hockey, but you've moved on to college hockey with the Weber State Wildcats. Tell us about the transition into college hockey. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like uh, you get you get so used to the junior lifestyle where I mean, you go to sleep, you wake up, you work out, and you play hockey, and that's all you gotta do. And you're just looking for stuff to fill days. But you throw school back into it after not being in for two three years, and you get thrown into the wolves with college courses and it's like a, it's a little bit of a stunner for you. You never really know what's gonna, what's going to happen, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh it's definitely a tough transition for sure. Yeah. I, I can imagine with, uh, with taking, or actually I'd say, Sam, you're the most recent of us, at least me and me and Steve are old, but Sam, <laughs> you've just kind of gone through. Um, so you probably have a little bit more to relate to this than us. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been like five years since I last took a college class, but um, yeah, I can imagine that getting back into the swing of that, it's got to feel weird because on top of, you know, the commitment for playing hockey and all the practices and time that that requires that, you know, throwing schoolwork on top of that is just, it's hard. It's something that's, it's not easy for 
people to balance. So how would you say, are you, how do you feel that you've balanced that so far, Jack? Uh, well, first semester was a little tough, you know, um, you get used to your kind of like your whole routine with juniors and then you got to change your routines and you're going to get thrown off a little bit. But I feel like uh, it, once you kind of get in like the first couple of weeks and you kind of, you get set into your routine and schedule, it makes it a little easier, but it's definitely that first little um, initial kind of semester and all that stuff. It, it gets a little tough, but yeah, I, I feel like I transitioned pretty well. Nice. That's awesome. It's like, it's a bit of a wake up call, right? That first, that first term. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And then with, with the transition then even into to college hockey, the great thing is you were able to stay right there at the, the ice sheet in Weber County. As we were talking before the podcast, uh, the fans of the Ogden Mustangs and Weber state university come out in, in hordes for those hockey games. So uh, did it feel like home, but in a weird way? Yeah. Yes, definitely. In a way. Um, you get you get some of the Weber or the uh, the Ogden fans that uh, that watched you the last two years and kind of kind of enjoyed watching you, so they kind of pop out. Well, we might as well. And uh, I mean, the crowds are insane. The atmosphere is phenomenal at the uh, the Weber games. Um, the students the students is definitely a big plus too. You don't really you kind of lose that when you go to juniors. Um, so to kind of get back like the student sections and how loud it is and the atmosphere. It's awesome. Tell our listeners about how far you guys made it into the playoffs. Uh, well, <laughs> we finished really high through the regular season. Um, got a buy for our first round of regionals or uh, yeah, first round of regionals. And then we ended up losing to Northern Colorado again. So that didn't really feel very good. It was a back-to-back year for me with uh, those NOCO, <laughs> those NOCO guys. So that, that one hurt and stung a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that uh, was definitely a tough loss, but uh, having that first buy for that first round was was very nice. But we just couldn't capitalize on uh, closing it out. But I hopefully uh, hopefully this year will be a little different. So you'll be back in a Weber State Wildcats uniform next year, yeah? I will, yes, sir. Well, awesome. Hopefully we can see because uh, I know I don't get those on hockey TV, but listeners, you can definitely check out those YouTube links uh, as as Weber State has a channel. You can check out the games live there on YouTube. Again, for me, even with junior hockey games, I can't watch anything live over here. I'm sleeping, but you know, <laughs> I can, I can rewatch those games thereafter. And it's, uh, it, it's definitely interesting seeing not only a bunch of the boys that used to play at the Ogden Mustangs, but, uh, you know, other teams. Cause I think you guys had, was it Brink on the team this year? No. So he, he and Landers actually both committed, ended up not coming. Brink actually went back to the, uh, NOCO Eagles for his 20 bomb year. Um, okay. And then I, he, I think all those guys are actually going to UNC. So I'll be seeing O'Reilly again is going to be out there. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be tough. It'll be a little, it'll be a little, little reunion. That it will be at the next level. And speaking of the next level, we got to move up here to the NHL because we're talking free agency hockey and, Oh, it's been a, uh, I just, I, I had to work during the beginning portion of free agency and it was a really long day. So I got on the train leaving Kogia. Uh, heading back into Copenhagen, and my phone was just littered with free agency signings. So, um, what do you mean? Nothing boys? happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, who did the Sharks get? That was the big, <laughs> the big deal. I mean, what do you mean, like Mackenzie Blackwood or Anthony Duclair? 
Because <laughs> that's what we're working with these days. But I mean, here's the thing for me personally, like I'm actually kind of excited about Duclair. Um, Blackwood, I don't know. I mean, we just need goalies who can who can play at the NHL level possibly. Uh, but but Duclair is like, even though he's been around for a while, he's still like, he could be a good player and it wouldn't be that surprising. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see what he can do uh, this season. Well, here's the thing with Duclair, okay? I was a huge fan of him coming out of juniors, playing for Team Canada and his first year on the Coyotes. It's just his uh, commitment to a system and his defensive play, right? So Florida dumped him on off. And in my opinion, Rodriguez is not, you know, has never lit anything up that big, right? But in my opinion, a better defensive player, right? So they're looking for more of that aspect of the game. So for you guys, Duclair may be able to do that. He's got that speed. He's got good hands. It's just, you know, committing to a system and defensive play. Um, but your, your team's going to be doing the Coyotes painful thing, which, by the way, they did pretty good in this offseason for what they're wanting to build, um, you know, for the next couple of years as you guys restock your team, because it's once again, rumored that Carlson wants a trade. And last year he said nothing about it, right? He denied those rumors that he never requested one, but now it's resurfacing again. And it could just be media boredom because why let go of a story that can get you clicks. Right. But um, I the think interesting one, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Sam. I'm oh, sorry. I was just saying, I think it's legit this time. Like he wants to go to a contender, which is, you know, fair. <laughs> yeah. But now take a look at all the contenders in their cap space, right? How many yeah. contenders can afford to take them on? Probably none. Right. I don't know. Is there any? <laughs> There's not, not really. Like when you look at it, it, you know, here's the, like, one of the teams I'll take a look at. Cause I base a lot of my stuff off of cap friendly. The Pittsburgh Penguins. I love Cat Friendly. Cat Friendly, if you're listening, um, reach out. <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They try to add more grit to their team now, right? Size, just like the Leafs did, and I think the Leafs did a pretty good job. Um, but um, but the Pittsburgh Raptors old. So can you afford? Let's just say they decided to go all in and take and go after. Uh, <clears throat> go after your star defenseman. Apologize for that, guys. Just had to uh, – here, you can cut this. Cough bit. away, Steve. Cough well, away. Well, it's just a little – like my asthma's flared up because of the pollution out here again. So um, I didn't take my inhaler yet, so I'll get through this. So anyway, um, you know, with Carlson, you know, if you take him on in Pittsburgh, then you're committing to winning the cup in the next two to three years, and then you're gonna, going to have to blow it up when guys are going to lose their value, right? So – and they're already in cap cap trouble um yeah so like edmonton Oilers, do you commit to another massive contract and restrict what you can which can bring on and you go down the list of all these teams who has the cap space like carolina hurricanes right now in my opinion are looking stacked for next season based on their moves so of all the contenders who are they you know who's willing to take on carlson because again take a look at the dallas stars they're looking good too right um just my opinions here on this, but I don't know if there's that many contenders that could actually take him on and that are willing to give up a lot to get him. Cause it's not like the sharks are just willing to walk away from him, Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's odd to have a Norris winning defenseman on such a bad team. You know, I mean, they gave it to him cause he had a 
ridiculously good offensive season, but which defeats uh, the purpose of the award, but I know, I know, (laughs) but I mean, it's like, you're right. Like the sharks are not going to eat a bunch of that contract and not get much for him in return. Like it has to be, it can't, it can't be both of that. So, you know, I mean, I, I do want him to be happy, but at the same time, it's like, he's still a valuable asset and it's not, it's not going to be that easy to get rid of him, obviously because of that contract. I know that, you know, out of the few teams you mentioned, I want to say that it might be possible that just like just Carolina could maybe afford him out of those teams. I mean, Edmonton just dumped two young players for nothing because I think that they couldn't afford to pay them. So, well, um, they couldn't afford to pay him and they're, they're loading up for another move, right? Yeah. Um, you Is know, Carlson so, that move? Uh, no, I don't think it's Carlson. You yeah. know, so here's, okay. So here's the interesting takes, right? Like I, I really thought that Pittsburgh was going to try to move Crosby or somebody along those lines, because like I said, they're getting old. You've got to do something. Well, to, you can't move Crosby. That's like, that's your franchise. You can. <laughs> you, you can. You if can you move can move Patrick Y, you can move anybody. That's exactly it. Wayne Gretzky, you can move him. And I get that yeah. he's your franchise, but how many number one picks can you get for a Crosby as compared to a Latang, right? Crosby yeah. will fetch you very good, you know, active young players plus picks, right? You throw Crosby on, like, say, the Colorado Avalanche, they would have looked unbelievable. And you could have given up a Byram and a first-round pick and something else, and the Avalanche still would have been amazing, right? I think with Dubas taking on over, though, he wants to keep the face of the franchise there and keep trying to push forward. But, man, take a look when you got a chance at some of their contracts. They're in some trouble. But the last two years have proven... Because you guys can see my screen, too, so you guys should be able to see what I'm looking at here. But... um... Which we're, team talking we're, talking we're talking about Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 I mean, looking at that, that's the thing though. If you move Crosby, I, I feel like him and, you know, Malkin are attached to hip at this point. Um, Cause it was Crosby that basically convinced Malkin to come back to Pittsburgh. Is he not? Well, no, what happened is when they weren't going to extend them, Malkin reached out to Crosby and said, what, they don't want me anymore. And Crosby went and spoke with man- management, right? Cause he wanted to keep the core together. But you can only keep the core together for so long, right? There's like, look at the age of their roster 35, 36, 28, 31, 31, 30, 32, 38. Okay. Young boys. 34. Like, this is one of the oldest teams in the NHL. It's old. And look at your Buffalo Sabres now in comparison. They've got a young roster and they just missed out of the playoffs. They've got a lot of promise going into this season. So oh, we that, got a lot. We've got we signed some great defensive pieces. I'm not going to get into it, but I mean, with Clifton and like, oh, what's his name, Johnson, and uh, you know, I'm I'm excited because I, I just think Buffalo needs to get rid of a few. I, there's definitely some pieces I think they're going to be trading, but yeah, we'll 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 come back to that another time. And Jack, jump on at any point if you want to bring up your Minnesota Wild, or if you agree or disagree with us, we have to have defenders like conscious on this. If you let the two goalies talk, you'll never get a word in. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. I'm waiting for the right moment. All right. All right. Well, here's the perfect moment for you, right? You guys transitioned away from Reeves and then you signed Maroon. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm a huge fan. Obviously, I love love watching Reeves. Um, but Maroon, Maroon knows what he does. You know what I mean? He's got that magic touch with with making deep runs into the playoff. Um, so Reeves, Reeves was definitely fun to watch. He's definitely a character, but I think Maroon would definitely be a really big pickup for us. And I think um, I'm, I'm pleased with it at least for yeah. sure. Well, 
and and I think Maroon has more to his game than Reeves does. Again, it's not an insult to Reeves, but he's not going to pot you, you know, ten goals, right? Yep, exactly. Maroon, and Maroon can bring that physicality and that leadership to push through the you know the deeper rounds of the playoffs. Well, right? Reeves went to Toronto though, yeah. Yeah, Reeves. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good move for Toronto. They needed some physicality. I mean, well, they're just getting pushed around when they go deep runs in the playoffs. So Toronto did a well, lot. Deep runs. Tr- Toronto did a lot by Max adding, Domi. And- well, yeah, by Domi. You know, Klinberg on defense gives away the pocket bit, but he's physical. But Bertuzzi and Domi and Reeves, that was the sandpaper they were looking for, right? Yeah, they needed um, that. Yeah, they needed a lot. Their only problem right now is they're way over the cap. So and they still <laughs> yeah, I love Sam, it. They got to sign Samsona because there's no way yeah. they're making it this year with Wall and Murray. They got to give player. up some of their big. They got to give up. I mean, what I know, they're. I think Neil J. Brody yeah. is going to be on his way out. Just I'm calling Neil that one right gone. now. And the thing is, when you've pinned yourself into a corner, because we've seen this all, guys. Right? Like, I love everybody that'll say, "Oh, we'll get a first for Brody." You're not. Everybody knows Toronto's in cap trouble. We've yeah. seen good players. We saw Pacioretty given away last year, right? Just given away, you know, for future considerations. That's what's going to happen to Brody. And he's not like he's a bad defenseman, but he's not, you know, he's not at his peak game anymore. And he's got $5 million this year. So they're going to give him away and say, take his, we're going to give him to you, but take his cap hit, right? Yeah. The next one, unfortunately, I think that's going to go is Nylander. And yeah, if he's I was, gone. But he's already I was, submitted his 10-team no-trade list. Yeah, and if I was... Toronto, I would be definitely keeping Nylander, and sorry to say this, over Marner, only because Nylander showed up in big games in the playoffs all the time to get big goals. He was a really big standout, and a team is going to jump after him because of his speed. And this is where everybody that was making fun of the Coyotes, guess who's a good dance partner for that one, right? At 27 years old, and right now it's you know just under $7 million, Nylander's going to ask for 8.5 to 9 you know, and he'll he'll get it going places. So um, Toronto will be more sandpaper this again this year, which they needed, but we'll see if that's enough to push them through, right? Take a look at the Carolina Hurricanes right now, boys. <laughs> they are looking just stacked, you know? Or oh, you know what else is looking stacked, Steve? What's that? Today's sponsor, and that's going to be DraftKings. <laughs> New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. In Kansas, call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, one boost per eligible game, opt-in required, max bet $50, 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Now, 
Back to the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, before I go to the Carolina Hurricanes, it's just announced that former, I believe, fourth pick overall, uh, Philip oh, Sedina, has been put on waivers. What? Yeah. Okay, hold up. Detroit Red Wings just put him on waivers. All right, Instagram. Why? Here I come. Uh, probably just roster spots. Wow. Oh, he's six overall. Six overall, my apologies. But, yeah, it, it's – and this is the thing, okay, guys. So there's one thing I'm going to interject in quickly. If you guys have heard the story about Habs fans maliciously attacking and comparing Ryan Bacher to because of where he was born in Austria, Pete Sakes, because they picked him fifth overall. Number one, those people, you're horrible human beings. Get a grip on life. Get a better hobby. You just suck as a human being. But two, to everybody that was so shocked by this, okay, I, you know, when they picked him, I was like, wow. They must have seen something in Ryan Bacher that I don't know about, right? If you look at the Habs defense, and if all these guys, these young guys pan out, calling it right now, we're going to have the best defensive core in the NHL, which is something the Habs historically haven't had because you had goalies like Patrick Wannett, <laughs> Carey Price, where you didn't have to have that. So now they're going to take the burden off the Tendi a bit, which is freaking beautiful. So for everybody that was freaking out about that, f off. Um, like about time, <laughs> you know. So, it's, well, at least they uh, they made one really. I mean, honestly, all their you know their their pickups were pretty damn good this year. And I think Habs fans think they know better than oh, they don't Habs management, and they've got pretty damn good management now. And I think Grumbacher was a great selection. And speaking of goalie selections, Jacob Fowler. Who was playing yeah. for the Youngstown Phantoms and uh, got drafted what 69th overall? Yeah, something like that. That's so, correct. So solid pickup there. And then they got as a Dobes or Dobbs as a Dobes that came out of Ohio for Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's hitting the ice. So they forget about these pickups. But to go back to it, Gordon helped build the modern day New York Rangers and Boston Bruins, two teams that have stayed competitive without major steps back. Right. Um, the signing of Cole Caulfield this year at just over $7 million, a little bit under Suzuki. They're building a team that's going to be cap friendly going forward because that's how Gorton built that culture in Boston, right? Take a little bit less, but make deep runs and have highly competitive teams year after year instead of having to chase it. You know what I mean? Signing one big guy like Toronto's issue right now, right? They, they're talented, but they can't go deep because they committed too much money to too few players. It's the same thing as, you know, Pittsburgh right now. Um, but back to the, back to the Carolina hurricanes who we were talking about Orlov signing huge to an already good blue line. Like what a good solid move to go do yeah. that. Right. And they already had, you know, a good offense. So they added Michael Bunting, you know, who again, um, I think it was Domi that was on there, right? Same style of player. Bunting's got good hands, could put a puck in the net. He's a pest. He'll draw the penalties. And I think in that tight locker room, they will calm Bunting's chirping down a lot to say, knock it off, you, you know, chirp a bit, but you don't want calls against you because of your mouth, right? So, like, man, you throw a Sveshnikov back in there, that's a scary team going into next season again. Um, Svechnikov losing him for the playoffs was massive, just massive. Um, but yeah, so 
the Arizona Coyotes surprising people. Um, you know, I was surprised by it by adding, you know, depth contracts this year, players going back. Um, they did really well um, in free agency. But guys, I saying it right now, you're going to see a ton of trades happen over the next two to three weeks. Um, some teams are sizing up their development camp to see if some of these guys can squeak through. But Edmonton's going to be making a trade. They don't have Bouchard signed yet. You know, a big defenseman with a hard shot, he's going to be highly sought after. And I wouldn't doubt that somebody offer sheets him. Um, just my there's humble already, opinion. Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's already been a few big trades. I mean, between like the Tyler Toffoli one and the uh, – the Kevin Hayes one, but like the biggest one that was surprising was uh, PLD to the LA Kings um, and then signing an eight year contract. So, you know, I don't know if, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Steve, but I'm sure that you've got some. <laughs> well, I was not. Okay. So again, Jack, don't let the goalie been. keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> But it, <laughs> he's all good, man. I like listening to him. He, he sounds he sounds like he almost knows what he's talking about. Almost. 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 Yeah, that's a pretty good keyword. Yeah, but for Dubois, again, you know, ha- being from the Montreal area, being from Quebec, there's all the extra hype, okay? Some players hack it, some players don't in that environment. But my problem, and I'm just like everybody else, like uh, Jeremy Roenick was very blunt about it. And I kind of agree with him is that he's had a bad attitude on his last two teams, right? Yeah. Demanded trades of the two teams. And then he wanted, you know, at one point he was asking 9 million for what, what what have you done in your career besides have a lot of potential? Like he's another guy that when he's on his game, he can be very effective, but it's when he wants to play. And, you know, Montreal was looking at it, but, Part of it was to give up Kirby Doc. Hell no. <laughs> Not a chance. Look at Doc's contract, and he's got just as high of a ceiling. So there's no way I wanted to touch him. And then the Bergevin connect over in L.A., right? So um, I, I could see that one coming, um, you know, that it was is going to be L.A. because uh, Bergevin would have been pushing to add him on. So L.A. has a potential to be stacked – I think they gave up way too much. Um, oh yeah, you know, and you can ask Gold, Gold, get Goldie on here, and Goldie will go off on this one. <laughs> but I think they gave up way too much to get him. And but but this comes back to that attitude problem in the locker room. Like Blake Wheeler, two years ago was a captain, stripped, and now shipped off, right? Uh, and bought out of his contract. He just signed with the New York Rangers for eight hundred some thousand. So again, you hope that locker room can help turn that attitude around, right? So, and then one, you know, a coach that didn't get along with players and the Calgary Flames are breaking up, right? Um, they did yeah. not get a good return for Toffoli at all. And that's a hell of an addition to an already scary uh, New Jersey Devils team. And this, again, that's what they needed was a guy that's brought cup experience and deep runs to his resume. And man, Toffoli... I was hoping the Hazard would just dip back in and grab him again. Oh, I was hoping for it. But he he can come up with such clutch goals and clutch plays, you know. So, um, yeah, that those were surprising, you know, to me. But there's going to be a few more blockbusters because, again, I can spend hours on cap friendly and I've done it already. Like Toronto's going to have to give away Brody. They, they have to. 
you know, and I look at Pittsburgh going, well, you guys are in trouble. And I don't know if I agree with the moves they made. Um, no. <laughs> no, I'm just looking now. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, yeah, well, take, but now surprised. take a look at the team that gets beat up the most in the NHL, the Arizona Coyotes. All right. They didn't do too bad, you know, just as, just to keep their roster. You said that in the NHL, right? <laughs> oh, we're going to get down that. <laughs> Uh, I, I just didn't know. I mean, I think the Spud Kings have a bigger arena right now. But uh, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. when I'm watching NHL hockey, two rows from the glass, I'll be cheering you each time. I'll send a, po- a picture to Instagram and to the the podcast. But Kerfoot, right. you know, and they only wanted to do you know one or two years contracts right now, right? So Galchenyuk, good enough for depth going back up and down, right? Uh, but Bukestad wanted to come back. They got him for two years. Kerfoot was great. Uh, Stetcher was a great signing. Zucker, big surprise. That'll add some more goal production, you know, and then re-signing the tandem of Ingram and Vilmelka again. That was one of the best goaltending tandems, in my opinion, in the NHL this year, you know, and respectively for the team, correct? Because, you know, if you threw them on the Boston Bruins, I think both of those guys would have had just as good a season as the other two goalies did and not taking anything away from their play. So, the Coyotes were one of the hottest teams, I'd say, in the months of January, February, March, because they started to gel. And a lot of those pieces came back, and they just upgraded it. So they're going to be fun to watch this year. They've got a good physical defense, two younger goalies that are doing well. Like, great. I thought Ingram was going to be shipped, but I think the Coyotes made the right move, saying, no, we're going to let our other goaltenders develop more, and then we'll look at moving one of them later, right? So I think they did brilliant. Um, anybody else can chime in here because I've been <laughs> chomping at the bit. Well, I've been on, gone for a month. <laughs> well, I, w- I mean, I, I would, ag- I would agree with them with all this signings with Arizona. I mean, um, Jason Zucker, obviously a wild guy from the beginning and I really, really enjoyed him with the wild. I think he's a huge pickup for Arizona. Um, Nick Bukestad, another gopher, so another Minnesota guy, huge. I, I, he gets, he gets kind of th- tossed aside in conversations of, um, of hockey players, but I, I definitely enjoy watching him. And I think he's a, a big, a big physical forward that can, that can definitely help uh, the, the Coyotes roster for sure. Yeah. And you, you take a look at the size element that they're adding to it. Right. So Bukestad was a big boy. That's why Edmonton wanted to go for him. He did okay for them in their playoff run. But again, going back to this, I always laugh. Anytime you add somebody so late in the season, man, it takes you so long to gel with your teammates. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's such a hard thing. And that you can see it so many times over because my, my biggest comparison for, or, you know, point to that was um, when, oh, I'm just blanking on his name. Antoine Vermette was added to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vermette was phenomenal for the Coyotes and in, in their playoff success, you know, and just a good all around player. And he just wasn't fitting in right away. But then, you know, in the playoffs, they found his game. He found the chemistry. He scored two clutch goals, made a bunch of clutch plays, but that's hard to do. And the reason why I think Vermette was that was able to do that. And is, it was able to transition into success was because he was a good all around player, not just one dimensional offense, for example. Right. Because we know where it goes. Like you've seen players like Crosby throughout their careers. Gretzky was another one that made other players look phenomenal just because you were playing with a prolific passer that could score. Right. Um, so it's really hard with that chemistry wise to get that going. But like I said, towards the end of the year last year, um, you know, Michelli was looking great for the coyotes. Uh, 
you know, I'm so happy that Clayton Keller rebounded from that injury and found his game. He's a lot stronger on his skates. He's fun to watch now. Um, so yeah, they were an entertaining team to watch at the end of the last season. That's what convinced me to go get season tickets with a couple of buddies to go, to go watch them more because they started playing fun hockey again. Um, but so who do you guys think? Okay. Cause there's going to be more moves. Who do you guys think are going to be the major team, major teams going forward that are going to be shaking it on up? Shaking it on up is either gathering or shaking off. Uh, Both because you know, it's going to happen, right? So who do you think? Toronto. <laughs> they gotta <laughs> shake salary. Those guys gotta shake salary, and uh, they're gonna have to lose some of their big pieces. You by Captain Morgan with Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but they really—I mean, they—they've got to shake off some of that big old weight. So I'm—I'm I'm interested to see where a guy like Nylander ends up. Like that's trying to figure out where that. Even again, like going back on the last episode, we're trying to figure out where Gibby goes, like uh, Gibson. Yep. Because he's not going to stay in Anaheim. So I think he'd be a good fit in Edmonton. And guys like Nylander, who could really – I mean, who couldn't use a, a player like Nylander right now? So there's ah, there's some big moves. But how about, like, since we got Jack on this episode, what does he think Minnesota needs to do right now? Like, based off their current roster, what do you think Minnesota should be doing? Should they be selling? Should they be buying? The, the the toughest the toughest part of that question is we're still we're still suffering from Suter and Parisi, um, yeah. So I mean that's I I feel like we're just gonna kind of be it'll be like a one for one in and outs uh, for at least until those contracts are done and we can kind of shed that shed that weight a little bit. But I mean, offensively, I I don't I honestly I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I I think this maroon and. Uh, this maroon pickup, and we just picked up uh, Latari and all that stuff. So, like, I mean, I should be okay. We should be pretty decent. Um, but like I said, like every everyone knows that the Parisian suitor contracts with the Wild are what what kill us right now, especially. That's yeah, brutal. I'm looking at the uh, the cap friendly dead cap, seven point four million still for the next couple of years. After oh after the next two years, it opens up and breathes a bit, where you only lose. 840,000 forever. But the next two years, you guys are really, yeah, 14 really million. That's, that's very carry price esque right there, dude. Yeah. The it's, same problem, you know? Yeah. And, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And price delivered, I'm sorry to say, way more than those two did. But at the oh, time, yeah. at the time, you understood, you know, wanting to go after the two, right? Hoping that it would be a game changer. But man, they it were just, some of the best players in hockey and they were both available. Yeah. And, but it just it was a big up, move. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about cap management again, right? And that's why, you know, like Austin Matthews, he's going to be asking for more money. But, man, like, why not take less and build a dynasty? Like, I I don't – like, guys, I just don't get the mentality. Like, look, I understand, like, taxes are a big thing. Uh, Your agent gets a cut. But if you sign a $9 million contract – can still afford a pretty good lifestyle. Just my opinion. <laughs> can um, you? <laughs> can you see? I don't know. He's speaking know. from experience, like, clearly. You know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what kind of lifestyle you're living, but I would. I would want more for sure. <laughs> well, here, but so you're 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 a young buddy guy. Penalty for them right here, like the te- technically like the penalty for uh, Minnesota 
for the after the last couple of years, which what eight hundred thirty three thousand per player or something like that. That alone was would probably be my salary for a decade. <laughs> just that one punishment here. So but you know what? Yeah. You know what reminds me of before I get in this because I'll throw this out to you, Jack. Is that um, Chris Weidman for the Habs when people you know shit all over him on Twitter? Like you suck. You're only worth this amount. He's like, you don't think I know this? <laughs> you don't yeah. think I understand my value on a team? He's like, this is not insulting. He he knows what he's going to sign for and what his role is going to be. And yeah. I like the guy's attitude. Like, it's just true. Like, why are you trying to crap on me? Like, I'm still playing in the NHL, making 800 some thousand a year. Like, you really think that's an insult? But yeah. going over to you, Jack, since you're our young budding guy with potential and you're talking to a couple of washed up old goalies. Um <laughs> what would you you rather do jack is and 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 that wasn't an insult to you sam it's just because like chris and i you know we'll never ever taste a drink from the stanley cup unless we buy me either (laughs) or we end up well you could sam if you end up with announcing sometimes they hook you up But, but but jack what would you rather do make make 12 million a year or make seven or eight million a year and have a chance at multiple cups Oh, it's I, I I feel like it should just be a an automatic question. I feel like it shouldn't be a debate, but I mean like I guess it must be some guy's egos or something, but obviously you would take the less if you're still making seven, eight million, dude. Like that's a that's a lush lifestyle. I mean, yeah. like playing in the NHL and you're winning Stanley Cups, like that's and then the endorsements that come with it. Else. Exactly, yeah. I can't wrap my head around it, Jack, because I look at like the Boston Bruins have been so successful because guys were taking less money. Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby, undoubtedly, besides Mario Lemieux, greatest player in franchise history, took less so that he could keep a bunch of guys together on the team. So this is why I look at Toronto going, Matthews, just take, you know, take a two-year deal, right? At $9 million and go get your cups. Then go get it. You know, so this is why to me, I'm like, I just don't understand. I can't wrap my head around that philosophy right now. Right now, maybe if they get a cup, you know, they'll go. But they're talking, you know, Matthew's extension at 13 point some million. Well, that now squeezes somebody else on out when you go and do that. And it's going to hurt your team's chances next year. Exactly. So I, I can't like and this is where I get bothered. Like when Kerry Price took his 10 million. Yeah, it hurt. But. Price had proved his worth. I don't know how many times over, but I knew it was going to sting, right? So the, the I, instant that the Sharks signed Eric Carlson to that contract, I was like, "Well, we're fucked for the next." Sam, I want you to go Too back. Too late to shout your muffs, kids. Too late to shout your. <laughs> Well, it, it happens a lot where you just see it when you're trying to draw talent over. Like one of the now, let's talk about free agents. Where do you guys think the Brinkhead ends up? Ooh. I'm thinking he may know. be back in Edmonton. That may be who they're going for, trying to get work. him back beside McJesus. Oh wait, he's like, I could he's see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, because... I think they'd be better off getting another goalie. Edmonton well, needs depth, more depth and goal. They. they they're not going to win a cup with with the current setup they got. They yeah, need, what they need more depth and goaltending. I agree, Chris, but what are you doing? You're now hamstrung because you've got a $6 million goalie who had a bad season, and you got to hope like hell he can rebound, right? 
So that's your fingers. Well, if they would listen to our podcast, they wouldn't have made that move. So <laughs> that's on you, or that's on you, Oilers. But you know, I, but, I yeah, just. So- but like you see my point though, right? You got a young goalie. So how are you going to improve? And their biggest problem in the playoffs was secondary scoring, other than Drysaddle and McDavid. So you throw you throw in um to bring it in there, he's gonna pot you more goals, right? He's going to help with that depth because it it just dropped off like Nugent Hopkins wasn't producing. You know, everybody down their line wasn't producing. That's why they had they gave away Yamamoto just because he got rocked a few times. Um, he's got to do a better job of protecting himself a bit, but they couldn't afford to sign him, so they dumped a few guys. And now, Costin. yeah, and Costin, yeah, and now Alcohol was a hell of a good signing, right? Really good signing. Um, you know, so now you know going forward, you know, what do they need to do? And the defensive, they were okay, but again, look at Bouchard; he's going to ask for money. So I have a feeling they're going to end up making a trade because Bouchard's going to be highly sought after his wrist and slapper are nice and he's pretty good defensively. So I think they're going to end up using him as trade bait to try to lure in maybe a goalie and getting somebody to take, take a bad contract. Right. Um, Anaheim could easily at this point, who's rebuilding afford to take on Campbell's contract and then turn around and send, uh, Gibson on over to Edmonton. It's a possibility, long shot, but it could happen, right? But with those, like the Darnell Nurse contract, terrible. And again, Nurse, good physical defenseman, but is he worth nine point two five million, boys? No, no way. <laughs> Chris, he's around here somewhere. <laughs> Sorry, I, was, I had the mute button and I was responding and I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> and the so be careful of the mute feeling. button. I was the like, no, I completely agree with you guys. There, hey, Chris, so. on this one, though, let me chime in. And the co-host yeah. was overplaying. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree. Def- definitely an overpayment there. But, and, yeah, but that's, continue. again, what's handicapped a team, right? You can't have you know, $30 million tied up in just three players. It hurts so much to add the depth to it. Right. Um, so, and then you look, you know, Hyman was producing really well. That was a great signing. Kane's been helping on out because he throws in that, you know, the, the extra shots and gets under people's skin. But then again, Nugent Hopkins, like he had a good record setting season, but man, you could do that with McDavid and dry all day long. Right. So it's again not not a direct insult on over Nugent Hopkins, but he disappeared in the playoffs. Like he was a non-factor. So they've yeah. got to do something to help with that, you know, middle and lower lines on their team to make it more productive. You know, that's what they need. So yeah, just really, you know, there's like I said, I think there's going to be a ton of trades. And then, you know, again, you know, like I watched my Montreal Canadiens, they gave up a bunch of you know, prospects from the AHL and fans were freaking out. And I kind of laughed and said, well, what did you think they were going to get from them? And how many guys do you want to sign? If you look at how many young, talented, you know, players the Canadians have coming up, you know, even defensively, that Hudson looks on friggin' believable, man. Um, and Honestly, so yeah, Montreal that- made some great moves in the last, this, this past season, um, not just this past season, this, uh, this most recent um, draft, like, they really went after some great players during this draft. And uh, I was really, even what last year, 
was it last year they made some really great selections? They well, had they, a couple they did the of Kirby Dog move, yeah. right? So what Gordon's yeah. great at is he so we just picked up that Swedish defenseman. We just signed him, the one for the LA Kings sign. I think he was a former I don't know how many overall. He was the one that was upset during the World Juniors and tossed his medal into the stands. Um, but Gordon drafted this kid and brought him back because he knows what his ceiling is, right? He knows he has not hit it yet. And we got him for next to nothing. And that's why with Zadina, somebody's going to snag Zadina saying, okay, you know what? He he needs to work. We'll put him in our farm team and we'll get somebody to work with him. And for me as a Habs fan, still love Martin St. Louis as a coach. That is the player's coach of player's coaches. Um, another thing too, just so you guys are aware too, is there's a lot about Tournier uh, out here in Arizona that players are saying the same thing. They want to go play for him because he's an awesome player's coach. So now transitioning to this, what do you think of uh, Babcock jumping on over to the Blue Jackets? I'm so tired of this. Uh, it comes to GMs and coaches too, man. I am so tired of this. They just bounce around the same coaches, man. Like they need some new blood. I mean, it's just the same coaches coaching different teams. They need that's that's one thing I actually really did enjoy about again, not to bring up Montreal because God help me, ladies and gentlemen, we know there's one one person that's podcast that can bring them up a lot, and here I am. Um, it's the fact that it was really awesome, just great to see like the very much at this point aging. Martin St. Louis and Vincent LeCavalier up there and also realizing how old I am. Um, but it, it's good to see the fresh blood. You have guys that uh, they, they can now come up through the ranks of finishing their NHL careers or not even playing in the NHL. And yet they're landing these GM jobs and these assistant GM jobs and coaching roles and, I mean, who's the guy? Is he still coaching in Philly? The one um, who went to Philly Tortorella? this past season? Tortorella? Yeah, like, is he still in the NHL? Is he still <laughs> coaching Philly? I think so. Yeah. Like, I, the I same so. coaches, man. I don't, there's, so, so, I don't, see, remember, the, I don't pre- see the success. Chris, you're preaching to the choir in Montreal where we recycled the same failed coaches year after year because they had to be French-Canadian. And that right. was my struggle was like, look, go hire the best coach and get a translator to walk around with the coach in order to address the media. But that's why St. Louis was so brilliant. I was like, holy cow, here you go. Like he literally helped, you know, Cole Caulfield in one practice, just something simple on a pivot in a shot. Caulfield did it the next game, scored a goal, right? And St. Louis out there blocking shots. Hell, St. Louis still runs the steps at, at the Bell Center. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so he's training with the guys and you watch him dangle on the ice with the boys. Like, do you see Tortorella out there doing mad dangles? No, <laughs> I don't want to. I really don't want to. <laughs> actually, <laughs> like curmudgeon in his office. Yeah, I, actually, I would love to see him try because that would be brilliant. But it's sort Always, of it. Yeah. So and then you look at Calgary blowing up. I think the days of the hard nosed coach are done, you know, yeah. because. I, I don't know how many times in any of your career, but you had the coach that was just screaming in your face. You'd make a simple mistake. He'd, he'd center you out for it. He'd bench you. Andrew Tufto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what does that do, right? Sorry, coach. Exactly, you're the most recent player again. Like, do you, did, yeah. you, what are your thoughts on coaching styles now? I, I don't know. Like, it, 
it it looks like this old kind of this old school like yell scream like uh tortorella is, is like the the number one example of it it just if he's bouncing around and all these teams that he's coming into they have success for half a season or a season and then they just die off again and then he moves on to the next place it obviously it's not working you know what i mean and like St. Louis, like you were saying, like he's a phenomenal coach. He's turning around um, Montreal for sure. But like, I I just I feel like it's so hard with finding coaches that can reach everybody. You know what I mean? Because there's those guys that want that old school hard ass like everything that that yell at you, figure it out, bench you kind of style. But then there's guys that need a little more one on one kind of like positive reinforcement, you know what I mean? So it's, it's very tough to find a, a coach that can almost do both. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I, I personally, it's, it's kind of just a toss up for me. Yeah. Like I'm going through all the coaches right now where teams are having success. Um, Tampa's coach doesn't seem like the hard nose type, right? Mm-hmm. He's done pretty well. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, uh, great during the regular season, apparently. Um, <laughs> we'll see. This could be their year. Um, you know, so what about uh, Bednar from Colorado? Yeah, it, it just like I'm just saying, if you look at the teams that are all successful right now, they don't seem like they all have a hard nosed coach, right? Like Carolina is mm-hmm. not getting rid of Brindamore anytime. That's a player's coach, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, this is what I just don't get. Like, I, you know, when you have locker room issues, what you're going to have, there's egos. Winnipeg, you've heard for years, a toxic dressing room. Like reporters hated going into it, right? I yep. remember Dustin Bufflin putting people in place, you know, but once Bufflin moved, it turned into that. Now Calgary's turned into that, where they're just going to be giving off players, you know, and not get, well, I can't say that. Pierre-Luc Dubois return was pretty solid. So um, Shifley's going to be on his way out. You know, uh, Hellebuck's going to be on the way on the way out. Wheeler's uh, already gone. What's that? Wheeler's already gone. Yeah, and Wheeler's already gone. So they're trying mm-hmm. to re- retool that locker room. And you know what's interesting is I always liked them as a coach. Um, uh, Florida's coach right now, uh, Sault Ste. Marie boy, blanking on his name right now. Help me out. Oh, uh, and who? Florida Panthers coach. Who's Paul, Maurice. Paul Maurice, sorry, I just couldn't oh, think of his Maurice. name. Yeah. But you, you see, he's another yeah. guy. Like He's a little bit more hard-nosed, but you see him joking around about they make a mistake, who cares? And we're down a, we're down a game in a series, who cares, right? And mm-hmm. then his message to his team going into finals, this is a ride of your life, boys, enjoy it. Yeah, like that's what you want, right? And yeah. you remember him taking a lot of flack in Winnipeg. Well, he couldn't do it. Well, but look at what he was handed. If you've got shitty attitudes in the locker room, then you're never going to get anywhere. And I'll go back to Shifley. Like Shifley could be brilliant, but he's another guy who plays when he wants to play and he'll do something stupid. Like that hit against uh, Montreal's defenseman in the second round of the playoffs a couple years ago, right? Yep. You were losing a game. You took an obvious bad run at a player. Like check yourself. That was selfish and stupid and there was no reason for it. And you hurt your team. We swept you because, Shifley, you did something stupid. So you hope as a player, like, the guy can get it together because, man, he's physical. He's got hands. So straighten out your attitude. And you could probably be brilliant on another team, right? Because yeah. right now, like, I'm so, like that may be a player that Edmonton goes after. Hey, we need something with a little bit more grit on top of Kane. 
we go after a Shifley and we make a trade, right? It could happen where like, if I'm them right now, I would take Shifley for Bouchard straight up and then try to get some more defensive help in there. But Hey, again, I'm a amateur couch potato GM actually with my Montreal background, pretend GM. Um, <laughs> so just, just my takes well, on a few of those. Well, not only that, but again, back with the, the coaches, it's like, it's also, I think, you know, it's, it's time for them to maybe start thinking outside the box in the NHL and start getting some of those old coaches out with, and coaches with new styles and, and thinking about um, uh, she's with Toronto uh, Wickenheiser, right? Haley Wickenheiser. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, Montreal too, Marie Philippe Poulin, yeah. they got her on board, right? Get some, get some of the successful women in hockey into your organizations. Cause it really does help. You know, again, it does, and it'll help continue to grow the sport. And it, it's been proven. Who just won the uh, with the Coachella? Is that new that new AHL team, the Firebirds, right? Who's a, there's an assistant coach on that team. Um, let me look her up here. Uh, Jessica Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they just went to the uh, the Calder Cup. And I mean, it, I just think they should seen the same cycle of. I can't stand their faces at this point. It's the same coaches behind the bench. And it's like, I, I can't, they just need to change. But if, if Buffalo hired any of them, I'd just lose it. I, I like the fact that, that even Buffalo kind of went, you know, with someone who hadn't necessarily been a head coach in the NHL before. Um, you know, he's, he was with what Edmonton previously, but he wasn't a head coach. And I think, I can't even think of Buffalo's head coach's name. And the Sabres. I can't either, yeah. but I mean, there's definitely like some, some people, some coaches, you know, f- who have come up from the AHL to whether with, within their own organization or to another. And, you know, that's great to see. Like, I mean, you know, obviously sometimes, you know, it doesn't quite work out because of the pressure maybe, but like, I think that like, like you guys have been saying just to echo it a little bit, but like, you know, just getting fresh voices, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, Who's the, who was the, is it, is he still the coach of Dallas? Like the, the guy who was coaching college, right? And then he came into the NHL and he did, he did pretty good for a minute, you know? Like, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, there's, there's other options out there. And, you know, just because a guy has name recognition or has been around for a minute or like had success, you know, a decade or so ago, doesn't mean that that's the name that makes the most sense for your team. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's time to change it up, boys. But I also think it's um it's time for us to wrap up this episode. We can probably keep talking thereafter, but you listeners probably uh you have something to do with your day, and and be sure we're gonna try to drop an episode this Friday, listeners. So listen out for that. Um, kind of talk about more of what's happened with free agency. We'll see who we can bring back on board, but uh, it, it's a good time to wrap up this one. Uh, we again want to thank our special guest, the defender for the ACHA's Weber State Wildcats, Jack Jones, for jumping on with us again today. Jack, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a it's always a good time with you guys. Well, thanks for joining us again today because it's a it's it's been I think almost a year since we've had you on, if not longer. Again, thanks for jumping on with us again today, and, and good luck if we don't bring you on before the college season restarts again. Good luck thank with, you the, very with much. next season with Weber State. Yeah, no no problem, man. Like I'm. It's always good. You are our first ever hockey player guest, and uh, we'll always enjoy having you come back on. Uh, but we also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey worlds and want to get on a future podcast. 
Also follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at PHH Official, or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. So this is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris, Steve, and Sam. Have a great one, hockey fans. Have a great day, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.